0: hello hello welcome to church thank you so much for joining us wherever you're connecting to this online we are excited to be together today as his church family to worship God hear from his words and encounter him together and this is of course a very special day today because it's mother's day Yay happy mother's day
1: thank you and a big big happy mother's day to you out there all you ladies watching and we just want to celebrate you this morning we want to celebrate who you are we want to thank you for all that you do all that you pour into others whether you have your own children whether you're a spiritual mum. I know teachers and neighbours and so many women just pour some of the love of God into people's mm. lives. We so love you. We do, we love you. And we've put together, well, we haven't, but the team have put together a video just to celebrate mum. So sit back, relax, and watch this.
2: I love my mummy because she takes care of me. I like it Grand mummy. Take me out for a treat. I love Mummy. Because she's a thorn mummy. She plays with me. She reads books with me. And she cuddles me. I love Mummy because she always makes me stories all the time. I love Mummy because she plays with me and she has fun with me and we go on walks together. I love my mummy because she does everything for me. We love our mums because they give good hugs, they're fun to be with, they have good cooking skills, we love their kisses, the gifts they give us, and the time they have spent with us. We love, we love you, you mums. Today we celebrate. Our coaches, our cheerleaders. We honour the doctors. We honour the taxi drivers. The chefs. The housekeepers. We pay tribute to the babysitters. Our psychiatrists. Our teachers. Our role models. We honour our encouragers our, and comforters. We thank you for your prayers, for your sacrifices, for your love, and most importantly, we praise God, because a celebration of mothers is ultimately a celebration of the one who created them. Happy Happy Mother's Mother's Day.
1: Day. Yes, Father God, I just want to thank you for all the mums that have been there for us children, and I just want to thank for how caring and loving and supporting that they are to us, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this day that we can show our love to
2: our mums. And I just pray for your protection over them and kindness over them. Thank you, Lord. In
3: Jesus' name. Amen.
0: That was so good. It was
1: so good.
0: Yeah, and I want to encourage you today, take the chance to just honour and thank the women in your life today, Uh, whether that's your own mum or a woman that's had a particular influence in your life or someone that you're just thankful for. Can I just encourage you, send them a text today, give them a phone call, get in touch, just tell them how thankful that you are for them today. And let's just take this moment to celebrate each other as best we can on Mother's Day.
1: Yeah, so good. Well, we're gonna worship Jesus now. So right where you are, why don't you do whatever helps you to um, just switch off from everything else, eyes up, fixing our eyes on Jesus, and we're gonna worship him. Mm. So I'm gonna pray, and then Matt and Mary are gonna lead us in worship. Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your grace mm. and your love and your favour and every blessing that you have poured out on our lives and we just lift our gaze to to you today and we fix our eyes completely on you, King yes. Jesus. We thank you, you're our Saviour, mm. you're the one who has rescued us and blessed us in so many ways and we want our songs and our worship to exalt you and bless you this morning. Yes, God. Amen. Amen. Let's worship Him.
3: i You're the same.
4: All hail King Jesus
3: Give you the highest praise. the highest
4: Just let little worship,
5: praise. rise. You Lift you up a song of adoration. We give you See, na, 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 the
4: i wrong. on me spirit of the living god
5: for a
4: fresh on
5: Lord we're asking for an outpouring of your spirit would you pour your spirit upon your people Lord upon your church Father for fresh courage, fresh boldness to reach the lost I'll pour out your spirit upon your church we pray Lord God that this wouldn't be a time of weariness, this would be a time of stepping into your face going deeper with you Spirit we ask you fall upon us, Jesus. The fall upon us with your spirit. The spirit of the living God, full upon your people, upon your church. Come Lord, come Lord,
4: oh, and we spirit. shall pour in signs and wonders oh this is the day of salvation this is the hour oh spirit of the living God fall on us fall on us Lord a fresh courage a fresh boldness oh fill your peace fresh faith Jesus oh all the saints and angels they bow before your throne and all the elders cast their crowns before the Lamb of God and sin. But you are worthy of it all. And you are worthy of it all. And for from you are all things, and to you are all. You deserve the glory You are worthy For You are worthy of it all And You are worthy of it all For from You are all things And to You are all things You deserve the glory Day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let incense rise. Day and night, night and day, Lord. Oh. Day. And Night, night and day Let it's sent to rise well, Day and It all and from you are all things, and to you are all things, you deserve the glory.
5: So we give you the glory today, Lord, all the honor, all the power, all the blessing, it belongs to you, Jesus. We lay down our lives afresh to you. We surrender to you again. And say, be glorified in our lives. Be lifted high, Jesus. In your name we pray.
1: Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, we just say together, you really are worthy of it all. Mm. And so we come again and we just surrender our hearts and our lives, our time, our families, our money, and we just lift it all to you, King Jesus, because you are Mm. so worthy. And we just thank you that you truly are our mighty God, Mm who has broken into our lives and blessed us in so many ways. We thank you that you are the God who saves and heals and restores and redeems. And together we just want to say we love you, Jesus.
2: Yes, Lord.
1: And everybody said,
0: Amen. Amen. Would you know, there are lots of seasons in life. Obviously, Mother's Day is a season, but it's always the season to worship. And I would just encourage you to, just keep investing in your worship life and keep Jesus as the focus of your worship. When you have him in the right place in your life, everything else finds its right perspective. And it's just so good to be worshipping him together today from all our different locations. And of course, part of our ongoing worship is the giving, not just of our songs and our voices, but also our money and I just want to take a moment to thank you so much for your ongoing generosity into the life of our church community and uh, giving so that we can extend the kingdom in all sorts of ways into our community and touching lives uh, with your generosity as you do. And so thank you so much for giving. And uh, today, if you want to give, then you can do that by going to kingsarms.org forward slash donate where you can give into the work and life of this church. Well, we're going to just hear very quickly about the launching of new groups after Easter. And our group life is really the lifeblood of who we are as a community. We don't just gather on Sundays, but we're also part of smaller communities where we can build friendships and get to know one another and learn about God together and also reach out together to our community. And so we're going to watch a very short video. A good friend, Phil, he's going to talk about a new sign-up for group life and also the opportunity for you to step up and lead.
6: Groups have been part of my life for 30 years and I have loved being part of groups and the tangible lack of connection that's been happening in the last little while because of the pandemic, I have felt it. I've sat with people whilst they've cried and people have sat with me whilst I've cried. I've been in lack and people have given to me and I've given to people when they've been in lack. In group life, when I'm confused or struggling, what I've been able to do is have an authentic and accepting conversation with the person. I've also been able to do that for different people too. We are looking for people who will lead groups right now. We do not need people who are qualified. We need people who are available. We need people to create connection over whatever it is. So that we can then learn and get back into church again the guidelines are changing we're going to support you through it we'll help you with your leading send me your ideas phil.cox at kingsarms.org and we'll see what we can do these groups will run from april through to the beginning of september and then we'll do it all over again get involved become available and have fun doing it create some community create some connection within king's arms group life
1: Brilliant. So good. Thank you, Phil. So good to hear all that and just really makes me want to be part of a group again. I've Mm. loved my group the last couple of terms, being Mm. part of a Bible study group, but really looking forward to praying and seeing what God wants me to be involved in the coming terms. And just want to encourage you to do that, just to pray, like ask God, what is he saying to you? What does he want you to be involved in? Is he asking you to lead to start something and if not what is it that you can be a part of like Phil said earlier they the groups really are the life source of the church it's our way of being connected and closer and more open and um, just get stuck in and involved in those
0: Brilliant well I'm really excited to hear the Word of God taught today. I love it when people are gifted by God to teach the word teach us. And so today it's a real privilege to have the amazing Rachel Hickman speak. Yes, Rachel. Go, Rachel. Um, And I am just full of faith and expectation that you are gonna encounter Jesus in Rachel's words today. And you're gonna hear the Holy Spirit speak to you. And so Rachel, take it away, my friend.
7: Happy Mother's Day. I'm Rachel and I'm married to the amazing Ben and together we have three small boys and a puppy. So I'm sure you can imagine the noise and the chaos in our home. Um, So I've escaped for a bit of peace and quiet to share with you what God's put on my heart for this morning. I know that Mother's Day for some is an occasion to celebrate and to be celebrated, but that also for others, it can touch on loss and pain. And even in the celebration, there can be feelings of inadequacy and am I enough? And in an incredibly intense um, year for many, um, I think those feelings may have been heightened. Um, Mothering seems to attract this sense of shame. And Brené Brown writes, talking about things that trigger shame in women, that after physical appearance, motherhood is a close second. And bonus, you don't have to be a mother to experience mother shame. Society views womanhood and motherhood as inextricably bound, therefore our value as women is often determined by where we are in relation to our roles as mothers. Women are constantly asked why they haven't married, or if they have married, why they haven't had children. Even women who are married and have one child are asked why they don't have a second child. Mother shame is ubiquitous. It's a birthright for girls and women. I love that word ubiquitous but I did look it up to make sure I understood what it means and she's saying that it's everywhere this feeling of am I enough is universal for girls and women we all know that feeling for me this past year um, I've been juggling work and studying um, homeschooling my three boys and welcoming a teenager into our home in the midst of being cut off from family and friends who would usually support me and it's focus for me on that sense of, do I have what it takes to look after myself, never mind what I need to look after these boys and give them everything that they need. And I'm also aware that we're living in a world that isn't always a safe place for girls and women. That during lockdown, um, the reports of domestic abuse have risen dramatically. And I've been heartbroken again over the past few weeks by the treatment of some women, by some well-known figures in the global church. And for me, that touches on my own experience of assault and brings to the surface again the pain of that experience. But I've been drawn again to Jesus and all that he said and did and how he reflects the heart of the Father. I love how we've been hearing in our series on the Beatitudes or Beautiful Attitudes, how Jesus taught values in his day that were radical and revolutionary and still are today. And today in the midst of Mother's Day and all the emotions that that brings, my conviction is that Jesus was good news for the women he encountered and that he's still good news for the women that he encounters today. If we want to know God's heart towards women, we can look at Jesus. Jesus did not coerce or control. He didn't dismiss or devalue the women around him. Jesus listened to them and liberated them. He empathized with them and he empowered them. He valued them and he validated them. And my conviction is that Jesus' message about the value of women is just as radical today. Some of us carry the wounds or the scars of being mistreated and others of us carry that sense of shame around whether we're enough as a woman, whether that's around our marital status, whether we have children or whether we're a good enough mum to the children we have. But Jesus is good news for you because Jesus values you just as you are. And for the men listening, my encouragement to you is to open your heart to the way Jesus treated the women around him. And today, as you celebrate the women in your life, to be amazed again at their immense value to the heart of God. And as I've looked again at Jesus' interactions with women in the Gospels, I've wanted to talk to you about every single one of them, but we'd be here all day. And so I'm just going to focus in on a few of Jesus' encounters with women and how he responded to them. I want to start by setting the scene for the time that Jesus lived in, because if we read the Gospels through a 21st century lens, we can miss how radical and revolutionary he was in his day. The way Jesus treated women was unheard of in the first century Jewish culture he lived in. Jesus came to liberate the oppressed. And in first century Israel, no people group was more oppressed than women. There were over a 100 religious laws written against them. They were considered second class citizens. They were treated as slaves. They were not allowed an education. They were forbidden to speak to men in public. They had arranged marriages, they couldn't vote, and they couldn't be a witness in court. Eliezer, a first century rabbi, said, I'd rather burn the Torah than teach it to a woman. And it's in this context that in John chapter 4, right near the beginning of his ministry, Jesus encounters a Samaritan woman. He's on a journey that takes him through Samaria and he stops at a well for a drink. John writes when a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her will you give me a drink his disciples had gone into the town to buy food the Samaritan woman said to him you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman how can you ask me for a drink for Jews do not associate with Samaritans they go on to have a conversation about water and living water and then in verse 16 Jesus says go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. The conversation continues and culminates in Jesus revealing to this woman that he is the Messiah. The disciples come back and are surprised to see Jesus talking with a woman, but the woman returns to her town Tells the people about Jesus, and many believe because of the woman's testimony. This is an incredible story for a number of reasons. First, Jesus speaks with a woman on his own. The fact that the conversation happened is in itself radical. In public, rabbis didn't speak to members of their own family who were female, never mind strangers. And John makes the point that the disciples were bewildered to see Jesus speaking with this woman. And not just any woman, a Samaritan woman. John also notes that Jews did not associate with Samaritans. The fact that this woman was a Samaritan makes this offence even worse. The woman questions Jesus talking to her. She knows that this isn't allowed and she doesn't understand what's happening. She knew that he shouldn't interact with her on the basis of her race or her gender. And yet Jesus... Instead of taking a position of power, willingly humbles himself. He asks for her help in getting a drink and then defiles himself by taking her jar. Jesus sets aside the question of her gender and her race and enters into theological discussion. This was a radical conversation based on the countercultural assumption that this woman had both the value and the intellect to warrant such a discussion. In the past, I had thought that when Jesus instructs the woman to go get her husband, that he was simply uncovering her sinful lifestyle. But Jesus doesn't simply uncover her sin. He uncovers a painful cycle of rejection and oppression in her life. See, women didn't have the power to divorce their husbands. Only husbands could divorce their wives. And she had been rejected in this way five times. The woman faces a choice. Will she try and cover up her shame and pain, or will she trust Jesus and let him see the decades of abandonment and betrayal? She chooses honesty. And what happens next is incredible. Some of the most profound teaching on worship straight from the mouth of Jesus to a broken Samaritan woman on her own, culminating in the first recorded instance of Jesus' revelation that he is indeed the Messiah. Jesus connects with her pain and then validates her worth by revealing his identity. The culture around her and her own experience told her that she was nothing. But the Messiah himself counted her worthy of his time, his attention and his revelation. The woman is released from her shame straight into public ministry. And the people in her town believed in Jesus because of her testimony. In a culture where a woman could not be a witness in a court case because they were deemed so untrustworthy, the Samaritan woman, so despised by the religious elite, becomes the first evangelist and brings a whole town to him on the basis of her testimony. Later in the Gospels, we're introduced to Jesus' friends, Martha and Mary and their brother Lazarus. And I um, love reading about Jesus's interactions with these women. In Luke 10, Jesus and his disciples are at their home. Martha is doing what was legally required and culturally expected by preparing a meal for the men. But Jesus validates Mary doing what is illegal and culturally unacceptable by sitting at his feet to learn. Martha comes into the room where Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet and says to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. Martha expected Jesus to reprimand Mary, but Jesus' response is shocking. Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. It's like he's saying, Martha, I didn't come to your house to serve you. I came because I value you. I want to enjoy your company. You are accustomed to being oppressed, but I have come to set the oppressed free. Mary recognizes that she is of worth to Jesus, that he counted her as worthy to learn alongside men. Jesus doesn't just quietly allow Mary to sneak in. He publicly commends her actions. Learning from a rabbi was not appropriate behavior for a Jewish woman, but Mary took the posture of discipleship and Jesus not only allowed it, but he commended it. We next encounter Martha and Mary in John 11. Their brother Lazarus has died. They had sent word to Jesus that he was dying, but instead of heading straight there, Jesus waited for two more days before traveling to Martha and Mary. John writes, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. It's like Martha's challenging Jesus. If you had been here, she can do the maths and she knows that he didn't come straight there. But it's like she's saying, you fix this. Even now you can make this right. And Jesus starts to talk to her about the resurrection and then gives her some of the clearest, most powerful revelation of the resurrection. Given straight to a woman, again, on her own, not in public. And then um, Martha goes and gets Mary and um, Mary goes out to Jesus. John says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Mary then goes out to Jesus and she falls at his feet in her grief. She's lost her brother and she's devastated. And Jesus is deeply moved and in spirit and weeps along with her. He's about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Four days earlier, he's told the disciples that he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And the people present wrongly assume that Jesus is expressing his own grief. He could have played Superman, said, don't worry, I'm here but instead he lets himself be moved by Mary's pain and he weeps along with her. He takes the time to connect and sends the message that he values her heart. I find it amazing that Jesus is about to perform the pinnacle of his healing ministry, and yet he takes the time to uniquely and individually connect with these women that he loves. He knows the end of the story, but he's right there with them in their journey and all the emotions that they feel along the way. As we see from these few passages, Jesus challenged injustice, restored hope to women and gave women a central role in his mission. These stories are not unusual. Time and time again, Jesus not only ministers to women, but he also brings them alongside him. There are many more stories in the Gospels of Jesus encountering women and going against the culture and the religious laws of the day to communicate to them that they are valuable to him. The author Dorothy Sayers wrote of Jesus, It's no wonder that women were the first at the cradle and the last at the cross. They had never known a man like this. Towards the end of his time on earth, Jesus entrusts the most pivotal moment of his mis- ministry to the testimony of a woman. On the morning of his resurrection, Jesus chooses to reveal his resurrected self to a woman. Mary, whose testimony would not have held up in court and whose male, who his male disciples would not believe. Jesus gives these women undeniable dignity and worth by empowering their voices in a culture that silenced them. It's been an emotional roller coaster of a year, or a corona coaster as I've heard it called. For me, I've grappled with my limitations and failings as a mum, as I've yelled at my six-year-old and two four-year-olds while trying to do homeschooling. I've grieved the loss of time with family and friends, especially my brother and my sister who live in different parts of the world and should have been here for Christmas. Engaging with the murder of George Floyd meant that I've grappled again with my sense of identity. I'm mixed heritage, my dad is Indian and my mum's Irish, and I grew up um, not quite knowing where I fitted in or if I was enough in any given context. I've also been processing in new ways the pain and shame of the assault that I experienced when I was a teenager. I've also had the incredible blessing of knowing Jesus since I was a child and this year I have encountered him again and again as a safe place to pour out my emotion and the one who empowers me to use my voice to speak up against injustice. I wanted to share with you some words from a song that has meant a lot to me this year. It's called He Has Time by Common Hymnal and it was written in 2019 in response to the Me Too movement. It says, something's been stolen. Under the weight of the curse, you've been broken. You're not what happened. You're more than the shame you were recklessly given. You can't shake the feeling, but he's not in a rush. He has time for your healing. Lean on his shoulder. It's never too late and your story's not over. Jesus runs after the broken ones. Weeping with those who weep crowns them with purity and he is here and he has time to take what's wrong and make it right. Jesus doesn't coerce or control, he doesn't dismiss or devalue the women he encounters. Jesus listens and he liberates, he empathises and he empowers. He values and he validates each one of us uniquely. In Jesus, we encounter a God who is radical in his value for women. God is not okay when women are oppressed. He is not indifferent when women are harmed by others. He is passionate about women being cherished and valued as he intended. God is not afraid of your deepest pain and he doesn't use your emotions against you. You are completely safe and accepted by him. So this Mother's Day, regardless of your marital status, whether you have children or not, whether you feel like you have it all figured out or life is messy right now, whether you're aware of your own flaws or failures or struggling with wounds inflicted by somebody else, know that Jesus values you. He values your heart and he values your voice. He sees you. He notices you. My heart this morning is that you would know that you are incredibly valuable to the heart of God and that whatever emotions the past year has thrown at you, he's a safe place to take them. My encouragement for you is that Jesus is good news for women. He values your heart and he empowers your voice. Happy Mother's Day.
0: Wow, Rachel, that was so brilliant. Thank you so, so much.
7: Yeah,
1: thank you, Rachel. I love your authenticity. I love your heart. Mm. So many of those things that you are sharing so important and helpful. And, you know, as a woman, I am so grateful for Jesus. I'm Mm. so grateful that he is the God who champions us, who empowers women, who loves to heal our hearts and set us free and do great things through us. and but I also know that there's been many times where I've had to talk things through, pray things through with a good friend, um, you know, we get hurt in life, don't we? And I just want to encourage you that if some things have come up for you through some of the stuff that Rachel shared, you realise there's just stuff in there that needs dealing with, get a friend to pray with you, to chat with you, because Jesus really is the God who heals us up and sets us free he's brilliant at it and I just want to encourage you to do that
0: yeah and listen there is just absolutely no one like Jesus Mm -hmm. and if you're watching this today and you don't yet know Jesus yourself if you're not yet a follower of Jesus I just want to invite you to put your trust in him all that he's done for you put your trust in him today because there's no one who loves like Jesus. And I hope that through Rachel's message, you've heard that loud and clear that he loves you. Mm-hmm. And so why don't we just pray together as we bring things in for a close today. Lord, we we just celebrate you today on this Mother's Day. Lord, we, we're championing women today and thanking you for them and Lord Jesus, we just thank you today that you are the ultimate empower of women, that you're the one who comes to restore the brokenhearted. You're the one who comes to lift up and to champion. Lord, we thank you for this radical countercultural kingdom love that you bring into our lives and for the way that you are such a magnificent Savior. Mm-hmm. And I just pray for every single woman that's listening to this, every single person that's listening to this today, that you would come to them right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that we would know uh, how deeply we are loved by the King, how deeply we are loved by a mighty God. Thank you, God, that you're the one who saves and heals and restores and delivers. And so today we ask Holy Spirit, draw close to every single one of us today. Just as we've heard about in the stories Rachel's just shared, we thank you that you are our great king. Mm-hmm. And so we worship you today and we thank you for your great love. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. 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 Well, we thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've enjoyed um, hearing the Mother's Day messages and, you know, celebrating Mother's Day with us. We hope you have a great week. Enjoy the spring weather that we'll hopefully have coming this week. We shall see. But it's lovely to see you. Take care.
0: See you later. Bye. Bye.